Welcome, welcome to the Midlife Dream Life Podcast. I'm Jackie, your host, and today with me, I have a fabulous soul, Anna Abigail, and she is from the United Kingdom, so enjoy listening to not only our conversation, but her beautiful accent, which is so fun. This is one of the things that's fun about doing podcasts, is getting to interview women from all over the world and getting to hear all of the different accents and the voices and everybody's journey. We all have a different journey in this same world, right? As women, some as moms, some as we're, we still have kids at home, we're midlife, all of the things, but we have a voice that needs to be heard. So I'm looking forward to hearing Anna in this interview. And she is a mom of a 13 year old daughter and she is a soulful visionary, a self-love explorer, and a joy keeper. Wow, do we not all need some of that? So welcome to Midlife Dream Life Podcast, Anna. Good to have you here. I'm so yeah. happy to be here, Jackie. Thank you for inviting me. And as you started, like with, as also mentioning the accent, it's quite amazing because, you know, to be honest with you, for me, Midlife, your podcast is called Midlife dream life and for me literally it's mid life half of my life was in Poland where I originally come from and I was born and I was 25 when I came to the United Kingdom and now coming to my 50s it's literally half 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 of my life in Poland half of my life in the United Kingdom midlife there midlife there <laughs> yeah that's great and I love that we have those landmarks and that you're so specifically aware of them. So at 25, let's just go back just a little bit. Um, what, where were you at at 25? What was your vision? Did you have a thought for where you might be at this time in your life? I definitely, the opportunity to come to the United Kingdom was literally fulfilling my dreams. As a child, and back then Poland was, was quite heavily within the communism reign and what was called behind the iron curtain. And as a child, obviously, for me, it was everything seemed normal. That's how it meant to be. I didn't realize that, you know, the whole dynamics within the politics or, or the nations much there. We were much back then living, uh, still fostering the memories of the Second World War. But uh, I was so kind of attracted to the English language and to these kind of lands unknown when most people could only travel within the countries that were within the union of communi communism. So all the other countries seems like kind of this forbidden fruit that it was that would be a dream to be able to visit one day. And then... At the age of 25, I, I've graduated from my theology study. I had pretty much settled job as a teacher in Poland. And one of my high school friends came to England and this kind of opportunity arisen to come just here for holiday. But somewhere deep inside me, I kind of was feeling that it might be life changing. So initially I came here for holiday and I felt like my dreams came true because it was such a dream to come to England. My main purpose back then was to be able to learn English, really kind of master the English language 
So at the age of 25, and once I started settling here, it's pretty like, oh, I like it here and I want to learn a bit more because holidays were not enough to learn English. So I stay a little bit more, like half a year it started, then maybe a year, and then years were adding, and then my life got settled here, and I got married, <laughs> and then I had a daughter, and then the life journey, part of life journey started unfolding. So at the age of 25, I was was kind of full of dreams that wow. my dreams come true and now I really that I that what I was dreaming about and it, that it's becoming true wow however I took myself everywhere I was going so obviously what were the challenges that were huh. back then for me in Poland took them with me here Right. I took myself and obviously then obviously the way I was functioning which we mentioned some ways of codependency and people pleasing. Yes, and I would so love. So first off, I want to back up and say, wow, you came, you went from Poland to the UK all by yourself? Yes, took to, wow. to rucksacks because the popular opinion back then in Poland was that the bread in the United Kingdom and some bakery things are not as nice as in Poland. So one rucksack was full of kind of flour and things that could lack long-term foods, which actually when I came here, I was surprised because I liked it. And the other the other rucksack oh, just wow. closed. So yes, with wow. two rucksacks, I came here. Wow. that's That right there, just for me, how I think of a perception that I have of you is how brave. I mean, and thinking about your story and coming from Poland and behind the Iron Wall, I mean, all of that. Wow, that's a that in itself is a whole journey. So <clears throat> one of the things we were talking about before we went live here was the about codependency and people pleasing. <clears throat> and I think that, well, that's part of my story. That's part of my journey as well. And I feel like women as a whole, we, we are more lent towards this, people-pleasing. We're the ones that give birth. We're the ones that bring life. And we love to give. As a whole, women are more givers than takers. Well, when we're like that, <clears throat> we end up getting um, acknowledged by the giving that we're doing. So I would love to hear your story of how did you shift? How did you realize that you had this codependency and you were this people pleaser? How, what happened that made you realize that this was dictating and steering your life, how the decisions you were making? be honest with you, I haven't noticed this for a long, long part of my life. It came literally... In, in my late 30s or early 40s, looking back at the life story, how my relationships were unfolding and and there was this whole string of friendships and relationships that were not working or had 
lots of distortion in them, lots of drama going on, while it seemed to me I'm such a nice person. It seems to me I'm do, I'm trying to do my best. And why am I ending up feeling burned or ending up in the relationships when I feel either like used or actually sometimes it turns out that like I would be the bad person in quotes because I didn't fulfill someone's wishes. It, it was literally till the time when I decided that this pattern played as well in my marriage. And even though there were early days of my daughter being in cancer remission as she had a brain cancer at the age of one, that's when my kind of caregiver journey started. Uh, When she was seven months into remission, just before she turned free, I decided to become a single parent. And then the whole reflection started and a journey. And I like always the concept of journey because I think everything is unfolding for us. Uh, And we take one step at a time or one sign at a time. There are more miracles moments of sudden shifts for some people. We we know it from testimony or Eckhart Tolle or Byron Katie. Mm. For them, it happened literally overnight. So these kind of shifts, in perception or, or consciousness or the psycho- psychological fa- uh, fa- psychological functioning can happen quickly. But uh, I find in, with my life story, it's been quite a journey, taking one step at a time backward and forwards and reflecting. And literally, I didn't know much about the word codependency. I usually associated just as the codependency was initially perceived with people who were addicted to the substances Mm. or people who I didn't realize that it got extended to people who live with them. And literally uh, as a part of my journey, at some point, like once I entered therapy and I decided to study positive psychology, like taking next step in my life, and when I started thinking, what would I like to do about the dissertation? And first, uh, as well, part of the study was studying about the concept of self-compassion. Mm. And then the book uh, called Complex PTSD by Pete Walker. can't remember how it landed <laughs> in my word, but obviously it was for a purpose. And I started reading it and it all rank really so much true and obviously complex PTSD it was different name for codependency so I decided to dig Mm. deeper really about this aspect of codependency because once I started reading about the behaviors when you give up yourself for others where you're literally shape-shifting just to please others where you're ready to give up yourself for others then when I read and those all those flashbacks that come from childhood that kind of still playing a major role in our adult life then when I realized there is this little there in me all those moments of abandonment self-abandonment that plays I felt so intrigued and obviously as they say we usually teach or when we study what we need the most so I decided to dig into deeper of writing my dissertation about codependency and wow. uh, self-compassion. And obviously for me, it was journey of self-discovery. First, it was just coming as a knowledge. 
because they obviously then started integrating as well. But I thought at least there is something that's got the name <laughs> to it, to, to things that I couldn't name. And I was surprised how my life was unfolding because like we talked coming to England uh, and I had big dreams about my life. I was someone at school, primary, secondary, my study who was achieving very easily. It came to me certain subjects, like let's say science was a bit more difficult, but humanities were kind of subjects that were coming very easily to me. And let's say even my peers, like um, teachers, they perceived that I'll be someone who will achieve a lot in my life. And then in my early 40s, what I found this amazing life as it meant to be turned out to be a single mom, a caregiver, and obviously because of my daughter needs and how many hospitals appointments we have to make mm-hmm. and being single parent, uh, I've ended up on living in a social housing on a social welfare. So this A-grade girl, so kind of top of the class, so with so many possibilities. And I was wondering how, how it came that my life kind of at that point seemed not to end up like the way I was dreaming about. But it was just a step in a journey of self-discovery, of realizing what it is and healing my inner child. And I've started my therapy as with the pattern quite lots of people I hear is having. I felt I'm okay. I'm the one that people would come for advice to. I could analyze psychologically even lots of things as a knowledge. But how many things were recorded in my cellular system and they needed to keep shifting and they still do. So I say it's a journey. It started unfolding. And interestingly, you mentioned about women, kind of that women are more prone to codependency and that was actually as well as part of the study that's quite a cultural as well aspect mm-hmm. in all of it there are obviously different angle but in lots of cultures now it's shifting a bit as well but in lots of cultures girls were the ones who are supposed to be good the term good girl good girls good girl and the ones who listens and obviously we we learn from the uh, the the literature over the recent centuries that there were certain roles associated for men and women and women by, by their nature supposed to be caregiver the one who gives birth the, the one who lives looks after the household, the one who pleases her husband. To say that's the people-pleasing section there, right? I mean, it comes Mm -hmm. in. Like losing ourselves, but also having this, as it is in codependency, deep feeling of being a victim, like the life's happening to us, to me. That if only the circumstances were different, only if this person were nicer, only if this person were not so narcissistic, only if this person was kind to me or could see how good I am, then my life would be so different. Mm -hmm. It's the whole, whole journey of finding that there is this love that we need to seek within ourselves. That's why the concept of self-love 
has become such a huge part of this journey of shifting the codependency. That's... Yes, interestingly, in codependency, we need external help, external, some external help through, through different modalities. And my own approach is whatever works for someone. If it's a, a, a therapy, if it's a talked ter- therapy, or if it's energetics, or if it's breath work, I think the modalities aim at the same direction, bringing us back to ourselves. Yes. And quite important in every of it is finding in lots of moments this little bear that still lives in us and cries for our attention. Mm-hmm. inner child healing yes. basically this is this is again i emphasize a journey not something that happens in one moment and takes like lots of step by step going back to those different lifetime <laughs> different little jackies different little annas over the spam of our childhood especially when we were little and until the age six or seven as they say we live in those brain waves they are like hypnotherapy and we were taking everything as true, even yes. when the parent was truly busy. And now we might know being parents ourselves, sometimes we're truly busy. And with the whole love we might have for our child, we just say, oh, I can't do it now. Mom, will you listen? But back then, we gave the meaning, putting ourselves like not worthy of this love or, or attention. So it's basically going back to those moments and asking this little girl what does she need and embracing her with self-compassion that's why when I learned about self-compassion I really felt so drawn towards the concept when it comes to giving compassion to ourselves that's a huge challenge that this feeling of unworthiness and again this going externally that others need our compassion However, generous, because usually being in codependency comes from the place that if I give you compassion, if I be nice to you, you will like me. Yes. <laughs> you will give me your yes. attention and you will think I'm nice. So it's actually mm-hmm. usually not that genuine. <laughs> These people pleasing, it's, it's very manipulative. <laughs> actually, we don't realize, yes. but we don't realize how much we manipulate others. We're all going to see we have that same place. We've all had, we really do all have our stories so intertwined. We, our lives are different. You're in the United Kingdom from Poland. I haven't moved more than a five mile radius from where I grew up my entire life. Wow. Except when I went to the service, right? So, but we still have this thread that if we pull on this thread, we'll see how connected our lives really are and then give each other permission to live fully and freely from who we really are and help us all invite us into this place to not be codependent not be people pleasers this has been so good such a great conversation that doesn't matter as us women where we're from what color of our skin, we just need to love ourselves and give each other the permission to do the same thing. And the more, you said this a little bit earlier in our conversation, 
the more you lived, you got freer and more healing. Your friendship circle changed. You didn't say it quite like that, but when we're codependent, we are actually, and when we're people pleasers, when we're not living, how we are treating ourselves is the kind of people that we're going to attract in our lives. Absolutely, because that's how what we feel feel it's safe. That's what we know. We we consciously unaware. Obviously, we don't want someone not acknowledging us, not respecting us, not appreciating us on a conscious level. That's all we could name. That's what we strive. That's why we try to be still these good girls, as we are those who hold themselves together that others perceive as as strong. But again, from the early childhood, that's what this little girl knew. That's what she was familiar. If that's what was she was familiar with, and we didn't change this by, by attending to her needs, that she feels safe when it's safe, yeah. she will be driven and attracted to dysfunctional behaviors or patterns because subconsciously that's what she knows as, as the truth. And that's how she got love and acknowledgement Yes, if she was good, then busy parent appreciated the parent yeah. who was struggled oh. with their own traumas, yeah. not even realizing they traumatized, uh, and she was quiet, so she was good. Uh, like again, going back back to the childhood and how dysfunctional it it was, but again, it was a norm. But those children who were quiet, good. They were so-called good children. And if the child was vivacious, joyful, yes. obviously messing around messing around oh no so much trouble for the parents because then they had to put more attention so yes and when until this little girl feels it's okay to be messy as we hear it recently a lot it's okay to be messy she's still loved when she's messy she's still loved even if she doesn't get it right if she doesn't hold it together then this this come not only from herself, from her external kind of circumstances, then people who truly see her and appreciate start appearing in her life. So um, I'm sure people are going to want to know where can they listen to you to hear a little bit more of your story and your journey and what you're bringing and offering to the world now. So how can my followers stay in contact with you? Where can they follow you at? The most certain place to connect with me is on Instagram on the handle at daring to arise. And my podcast is coming on soon. But if someone visited, visits my IG page, they would find when the podcast is ready to be released. Great. Well, that's great. And there'll be more, I'm sure, conversations like we're having diving in deeper. So thank you for being here today. Thank you to you listeners. Go in and love that little inner girl in there and give her permission to live from who she is, not how she thought she needed to be, who she needed to be in order to get loved, but to live free from her authentic self.